0: Welcome to the Hinterland Baptist Unplug and Reset Podcast, a podcast all about helping you achieve change and personal growth through our Reset Challenge. The goal? To help you pull the plug on stress, insecurity, and depression, and replenish you spiritually, mentally, socially, and physically. And now your host, Pastor Chris yeah, We're recording. Um, welcome, Glenn. I. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this man i know you're a super busy guy but uh yeah i really appreciate it um so thank hey, you for I, that
1: i love being involved in the local community and i know that the yeah, a little analogy i tell lots of people is that the church is the largest non-government provider of community service in our community and when churches are are being effective and serving their people well uh honestly it puts downward pressure on government to provide the services that everyone needs so when we've got (laughs) we've got highly functional and highly effective churches uh, people's needs are being met and that means they they rely a bit less on government which is a good thing
0: yeah yeah that's cool we've got some really um uh, stuff that i'm excited about coming out in the new year um here at the church Uh, we've got a new initiative um called carer help where um we're setting up a ministry where people work with uh, carers of carers because sometimes they kind of get forgotten and often they don't really um, people, you know, you get in a situation where you've got a parent that's getting elderly or you have to care for someone and you're like, where do I even start? And so we kind of help people through that and uh, help them with self care and connect them with the right services and things. So yeah, that's something we've got going in the new year.
1: That's so good. That's great. I think you, you can only serve others when your cup is full. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. when you when you when you're able to, you know, resource the, the needs of others through, uh, you know, being, you know, when you empty yourself, it's actually quite hard to give. So it's important to care for the carer. Good, good stuff. What a great initiative.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'll tell you what, man. That kind of leads into what we're doing as a church and kind of led me to asking you to do this. Um, So if it's cool, I'll kind of explain what, what we've got going on and then we can kind of use that maybe as a springboard to go from there. Um, We, you know, this last year, obviously everybody knows it's just been so crazy and there's been so many, you know, doing things for the first time and all of that. Um, And it's been a big year for our church and our volunteers and Often when we come into the month of January, which when, is when this is going out, um, we, we just kind of mark time until we get into February because, you know, people go on holiday and everybody's kind of in holiday mode. And What we decided we were going to do this year is try to leverage that time a little better. And so what we're doing is because we've learned how to do it now, obviously, is for the month of January, we are intentionally going online and uh, we're giving all of our volunteers a break um, just guilt-free, take the time off, enjoy it with your family, but, uh, we're not just like leaving people hanging either. We're providing them with some resources. We've got a journal for people. Uh, it'll have devotions and reading programs and, and tips for taking care of themselves and things like that. And of course, the, this podcast is part of it as well. Um, but part of, well, a really big focus out of that is, is self-care. And sometimes there's a little bit of stigma that comes with that word, but you know, we've got to maintain ourselves. We, we have to take care of ourselves. There's definitely, um, that's a biblical thing. You know, I mean, we, we were created to be a work you know, you work and then you recover. And so we're leveraging that time to give everybody a chance to recover, especially after this past year. And, um, we're putting out a different podcast each week. Um, mental health social health physical health spiritual health and financial health and what i was hoping you and i might do today is just have a talk about you know social and cultural health because you know you you are definitely really plugged into the community and you are you're a super accessible guy i don't know i don't know how you pull that off but uh um maybe we could learn a little bit about how, you know, you live and you do things and how you handle, you know, all that you have to juggle and um, yeah, just have a conversation about some things like that, if that's okay.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry. I missed some of that. just it, it kind of just uh, the, the the internet transmission cut out, but I think you were talking about the sorts of things that um, I do and I recommend to our community to, to look after themselves when they're, when they're giving of themselves to the community, is that kind of what you were looking for?
0: Yeah, kind of, yeah. Especially in regards to like social health and well Um, you know, our, our having to do with our ability to kind of interact with the community and form meaningful relationships with the community, um, socially, culturally, um, because those things really do have, our, our social health has a big impact on our mental and physical health as well. All of those things are very closely um, connected. Um, So, so yeah, I just thought we could chat about that a bit today.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I suppose I I look after about 40,000 people in the southwest of the city, and that's kind of from south of Narang all the way down to New South Wales and then kind of west of the M1 out to the Scenic Rim. And -hmm. there's lots of little communities in there. And one of the things that I've observed in our community of the the 40,000 people I look look after is that our sense of identity is embedded into the, the community we live in and the people that are around us. And I suppose what I'm getting at there is that our our neighbours are important to us, but also the idea that we live in a place that is special is something that's quite precious to us. And I think that that works in economies of scale in the same way that works in the broader hinterland. It also works in the suburb that we live in. And it it, to some extent works in the church that we attend or the, the football club that we support. And it even works in our family. So when we identify with the people around us in a way that um, supports us and we support it, um, to me that, um, helps us to feel validated and that enhances our mental health. Mm. So when I'm talking to people from the community and, um, talking about what's important to them, often I encourage them that actually being a part of a community group that where you have shared values and shared ideas can be really good for your well Um, and, I, you know, I, I have some personal views about my faith and how, um, how that sort of thinking is backed by the Bible. I think the Bible is really clear, you know, when it talks about continue gathering together. You know, yeah. that's actually really important. And I don't think that's just important because you know, the writer of that book wanted the church to keep going. I think that's actually really good because it's, it's, it was actually a recommendation for our well being, our mental health, continue gathering together cause it's good for you. Um, yeah. And so when I'm talking to a member of the community, whether they're religious or whether they're not religious, whether they have a faith or whatever faith they might have, the first thing I'll often say to them is that gathering together with people who have similar values to you is actually important. Mm.
0: The second yeah, thing definitely. is
1: realizing that that, the realizing that that, that thing that you're doing is also part of a bigger whole you know the work that you're doing in your football club or the work that you're doing in your church or the work that you're doing in the spinners and weavers down at madrabah heritage village down there is is not just what you're doing there but it forms part of a bigger whole and a bigger picture and that's you know when we start understanding that our little contributions Form part of a bigger contribution, which in turn forms part of a bigger contribution. We actually realise that the little things that we do in the community, uh, you know, they make a difference. <laughs> and mm. I think the the biggest issues we have in our community is when people become ambivalent or indif- indifferent about the, the 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 contribution that they make. Uh, you know I, I think that people when they don't feel cared for or when they don't feel like their contribution matters they're more likely to act antisocially. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's a challenge so
0: yeah, for sure. uh, i don't know
1: if that kind of helps you understand where where I, I come at from a from a, from a mental health and well-being point of view but but that, that when we're when we're caring for ourselves and being part of a community our mental health is better but also that contribution makes the collective interest and the collective con- collective consciousness sounds so airy fairy doesn't it? <laughs> mm. <laughs>
0: but it I think but I follow you the though. Col- yeah. The,
1: yeah the collective identity of our community is enhanced when people are giving to it um, mm. and that's a that's a really positive thing when people feel proud of that and we celebrate that it amplifies um, that power and I think that's really good that's really good for our community and it's actually really good for our for our well-being
0: Yeah, I, I I agree with you, Glenn. We, um, I did a a self care workshop for some folks. Uh, this was a few weeks back now, but when we, when we came to the part where we talked about social well being, it's when you really start to think about it, we really benefit a lot from social connections and community. Like for instance, if I live by myself, I don't know how to make a shirt, you know, or build a house or do those things. And all of those things are a benefit of community for sure. Um, so yeah, that it's very important. Um you know, with this this past year has obviously been a, a big challenge for everyone. What in I mean, I can't imagine what you guys have gone through, like as local government and what you've seen happen in the community in regards to that. Maybe um you could share a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So I think um there have been two big things that i think have impacted how people perceive the world this year and one has been um you know the 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 covid pandemic the idea that Mm -hmm. um, lots of people around the world have got um sick with with covid or they've um some of their other health issues have been amplified by covid Mm -hmm. and that's been really sad to see people unwell i don't think that you know, it makes me sad when people get sick. That's no good. And but there's been another dimension of that, which is how fear and division has in, in, infiltrated how we stance, and then the political alignment, probably in the US, and mm. and also how that that has been reported in the media. So um, to t- those two. Big things working in tandem has created a sense of people being afraid of um, afraid of being sick, but also afraid of people they don't understand or people who think differently to them. Um, you know, the risk of getting sick, people wearing masks, all that kind of stuff has created this sense of caution or fear that i think has been counterproductive to seeing Mm. community outcomes and i think has really profoundly impacted people's mental health um watching that as a leader has been really hard
0: yeah for sure in the
1: midst of that in the midst of that there has been some really beautiful moments of you know amazing uh love uh love really i can't (sighs) describe it no other way so In the midst of the early stages of of COVID, um, a series of local churches got together with the Gold Coast Convention and Exhibition Centre and they managed to prepare, I think, overall about 60,000 meals for front uh, of house health workers and uh, teachers and uh, people in need in our community. And the idea that the convention centre it's owned by Star Casino and a bunch of churches got together (laughs) and started preparing meals and delivering them, I just find that... That's just love, man, and and you know yeah. I I think where there's no reason why churches should be working with a casino, really. Right? I just I'm not.
0: <laughs> so I'm not gambling. Seen, I'm no, not,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. But the practical reality was that there was four executive chefs at the casino who weren't serving meals in the convention center because all the conventions had shut down. Those chefs weren't really working on their events they had something to do and the casino was like well we're not going to put you off but we we have we have to cultivate we have to continue to cultivate good relationships with our suppliers um you know we we don't want to stop that let's w- w- what can we do and the reality in that circumstance is the church jumped in and, and there was just an existing relationship that existed between one ch- member of a church and uh, the convention center and that partnership was struck and then sixty thousand people got meals that wouldn't have other Otherwise, got it, and that, like I said, that went to students, uh, frontline health workers, teachers, uh, people in need who perhaps uh, were in the tourism sector and lost their jobs. And you know, whilst this these two big issues—the pandemic and then this fear and division stuff—of which I'd probably define as almost a a political environment, a Mm -hmm. political-driven environment—you know, even in the midst of that turmoil and and hard. Circumstance, you know, Jesus' love shines out, man. Because that's that, that 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 feeding the hungry, man. That's central. There's a bunch of things we can argue about about theology, but one <laughs> thing we can't argue about is the Bible's really unequivocal about feeding people who are hungry. It's really quite specific in the Bible. Feed people mm. who are hungry. Yeah, you know, care for the poor and the, the tablets, widow. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, um, remember the refugee. Like these are things that are in the Bible that are actually, you know, we can argue about. All sorts of things and theological differences that we might have between denominations, but those things are kind of they're quite clear, quite yeah, literal in the Bible. So
0: they're kind of across the board, hey?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it doesn't matter what denomination you're in, those that, that, are big things. So feeding the hungry was a really beautiful thing. So I don't know if that's how it's been this year. Um, Mm. And obviously I can talk a bit more about the pandemic and the local government response to that, or I can talk a little bit about the political supplement. I had an election myself this year, so I can talk a Mm. bit about that from a personal point of view and my observations of the US and and, and the the state election for Queensland. Um, But to me, the value for our community is seeing these difficult circumstances and seeing wonderful um, outpourings of of love and compassion in the midst of difficult times. That's, that's, mm. that's the stuff we should be celebrating and being excited about.
0: Mm. And I, I really feel, I, I know it's been a tough year for everybody, but I know for us as a church and the community, I really think that uh, on the other side of this, we're going to be better off for it. I really, I feel pretty strongly about that. I really do. Um, I know it's, it's been hard for a lot of folks. Um, I know I, I don't want to go, <laughs> go overseas too much with it, but you know, I've got, I've got a lot of relatives and friends and things in the U S and it's just been so wild <laughs> and crazy over there, man. And, you know, and, and, some of them I worry about, I really do. Um, you know, like I've got a grandmother in, in a, a care home right now and, and she is uh relegated uh, quarantine in a room. Uh, because somebody at the center there got it, you know? And so that's, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard. And of course you've got all kinds of opinions and they're very polarized and um, they're just struggling with it, struggling with it. And then the election year to boot and all that kind of stuff. So it's been a bit wild over there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm actually having a conversation with my wife this morning and she's been, she, she's a diligent reader in the mornings and she, she reads the Bible every day. She's much better at reading the Bible than I am. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I do read it quite a lot, but uh, she's she's militant when it comes to her quiet time in the morning. And she's, she's hit Romans. Mm-hmm. And Paul's letter to the Romans is really quite fascinating. So on my walk this morning with my wife, she's talking about Romans and talking about her reading this morning. And it just occurred to me that Paul's letter to the Romans is, is, a, is, a, is a time for us right now, you know, you know the roman empire at that time was um affluent it had conquered mm. much of the world it was it was you know people were well off you know roman gods were worshiped there was lots of idols there was there was, it was good times for romans good times for romans
0: times for and sure, then
1: yeah. paul's yeah paul which is probably not too different to the, you know, the afflements of 2019 to some extent, mm-hmm. like 2019, 20 is a pretty good time, you know, everyone's yeah, it really in pretty is. good Nick and, you know, we're, you know, we're unemployment's at record lows and we're in, you know, we're, you know, don't get me wrong. There are still problems, but we're in a pretty good space. Mm-hmm. And, and Paul's writing to the Romans of the early Christian church and he's talking about, um, He's talking about, you, you know, here's what I want you to do as the church is growing. And he's talking, he's talking about the environment. And and you, you kind of read through the first couple of chapters and it talks about a few different things. But you get to Romans 12, and which is one of my favorite chapters of the Bible. And it talks about, mm. you know, here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday life and offer it as a sacrifice. You know, bring mm. it to the Lord and don't overthink this thing. Like you don't have to be... You know, you don't have to be um, some sort of theologian and you don't have to be some sort of preacher. You you just have to bring what you have to, to the Lord as a sacrifice off your everyday life. And mm. I think, you know, that's that's a message for today. You know, I think people right now, like you said, have gone through a really hard time this year. And it has been hard, both interpreting the political environment and the media at the same time as um dealing with the fear around the pandemic and um you know the covid the virus and and such things and and also the the social isolation that's occurred as as a result of social distancing and some of the um you know places that we go being shut down mm-hmm. and you know if we're thinking about where to from here you know i think w- we've learned through this is that you know the world's not going to end the world's not going to end uh, if if every all the sh- restaurants shut down. Like we're still going to be around. We still have to find ways to 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 visit our neighbors. Um, yeah. You know, we've probably had more. Com- my wife and I probably had more conversations with our neighbors in the last six months because we've both kind of been working from home a little bit mm-hmm. um, than we have before. And I think that's been a really productive thing, a really beautiful thing. In fact, only just a, a month or so ago, a neighbor called up my wife and said, "Oh, look, I've got a job interview. Can I borrow some shoes?" <laughs> I need a fancy pair of shoes. She, she, my wife is a filmmaker, so she doesn't have any fancy shoes. But, but the idea that our neighbour came and knocked on our door, even though we don't have much in common with them and said, oh, look, can i borrow some shoes is, is kind of that, that, that shows an element of trust that's been cultivated over the last couple of months. And I'm, I suppose I'm hoping that um, people across uh, the hinterland and across the city have, have started to, to leverage this, what has been a difficult time, um, for a really great future with better relationship with the people that, that are either close to us in our proximity uh, and and our families who, who perhaps we've had a bit more to do with over the last little while than before.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. You bring up the book of Romans. Um, I was actually just talking about this uh, in our service on Sunday, but in the Bible and how it's, how it's an old book, but it's also very relative at the same time. Whereas I think, you know, we talked a little bit about affluence. Affluence kind of changes and technology makes advances, but people are still basically the same. You know, you read people are people. <laughs> yeah. You read the New Testament about things that were going on, and it's just like, yeah, people really don't change that much. Other things do, but people are still just people. And oh, that, I
1: realize that every day, Chris. Um... I realize it every day, you know, no matter how, and as a counselor, you do get to come across a few people who are pretty wealthy, but you know, it doesn't matter how rich you are or how poor you are. You know, you still worry about what people think of you. Uh, mm, you still, oh, for sure our bodies are still our bodies. You know, we still have health issues. Um, you know, we might have different health issues. We still have um, self care issues, you know, whether you mm. are, You know, working every day as uh, you know, as a nurse on the front line at at that local hospital, or whether you're, you know, a CEO of a big company who's responsible for ten thousand people, you still have Mm. this personal stress that requires us to rest.
0: Yeah, for sure. And
1: I I think I've I've learnt and I think you know, my wife Jude and I have really talked a little bit about twenty twenty one is gonna be a time where we it's where we prioritize rest. We're not going to rest all the time, but we're going to make sure that rest is a part of our week.
0: Mm. Um, That's rest is cool, a part of our week. Yeah.
1: You know,
0: and, that seems something that yeah. that seems to be coming up with a lot of people that I've talked to lately. It's like okay, we kind of need to reevaluate what we're doing here, and 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 plan these things intentionally, um, taking care of ourselves intentionally.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think the things that we do. Um, there's a chemical reaction. There's chemicals released in our brain when we do something that elicits a response. So, mm. when we press like on Facebook, or when we complete the task at home, or when we do the washing up, or when we, um, you know, when you give your wife a great big kiss, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is, you know, when we do something that elicits a response, a chemical reaction occurs in our brain. And the same thing happens when we rest. When we rest and let our body relax from that action response science that happens in our bodies there's actually a restoration that occurs there is mm-hmm. a, a recharging that
0: whoops we froze there glenn i'm not sure if you can hear me or not hopefully we come back
1: and you're a pastor <laughs> work you know church on sundays work for you so i don't imagine um you get the luxury (laughs) of having a sabbath on sundays but but i you know but i'll be encouraging people this this coming year to you know take time to let your body switch off you know have a social media break um Mm. you know stop stop work for a day um try to have some time in the week where you're not actually doing tasks around the house or looking after your kids or look, if you have to get a babysitter or do whatever you can find someone to help you look after your kids. So you can just have, you know, even four hours of rest time, rest time is important. We need to let our bodies rest.
0: Yeah, for sure. And you know, that social interaction is, is important and uh, but you know unfortunately there are some negative ones as well Um, I know it it happens with me as a pastor sometimes and I'm not dealing with 40,000 people I might like to try that as a pastor but I don't know if I could keep up with all of them but you know when you do have those negative interactions like you said you know when we when we do get those I know they affect me Um, how, how do you is there a way that you deal with that yourself do you have a something you do?
1: yeah yeah so negative reactions or negative interactions happen most regularly they do happen a fair bit with my job um Mm. and look look, the first thing i do is try and disassociate my job from my person Mm. which is hard um but 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 realizing that when someone is angry at a circumstance it's not they might make it personal they might want it to be personal but if i a matter raised with me or a negative interaction with me is only personal if I make it personal. Um, so trying to step back from the circumstance and and almost looking at it like a like a fly on the wall. What what would you recommend, Councillor Tozer, to do uh, if you if you could be in his ear? What would you say to him? And that's quite a, a you know a practiced technique, um, but it works in my marriage. It works in my professional relationships. It works in relationships with my children. Um, if I can be in the moment but disassociate from the conflict and the emotion in order to to, to, to recommend knowing who I am, how I should respond to a, a troubling interaction, that's a really that's a good skill to develop in our life. Um, last night, here's a personal circumstance. Last night my wife was very upset. Our house is flooded. Uh, you know, we've had some, uh, we had 250 mils of rain over the last three days and our basements flooded and my wife is a bit sad. And Mm. last night, um, she was in a pretty bad mood and she was frustrated because I've been doing a university assignment. I'm, I'm studying a a course at Bond at the moment as well as doing my job. And I was doing my assignment on Sunday night and I wasn't able to have relaxing time with her. Sunday night is normally a night where we do that. And so it's, it's Monday night and she's been I've come home I've stayed at home to try and sort out the flooded basement and I've been working from home all day it's been a bit frustrating and she comes home and she's upset about the house and she's quite angry and I'm you know she's not angry at me but she's angry at the circumstance and I'm taking it personally taking it personally and and it took me it probably took me an hour of us kind of bickering with each other it was no yelling or anything like that but it was just a bit it was just yuck for me to realize that all she really wanted is she just wanted to cuddle on the couch. She didn't want any physical, particularly physical attention or anything, she just wanted to rest. She just needed Mm. a break and she just wanted to cuddle on the couch. And I just had to, I, I felt like I'm in this moment where she's getting quite upset. And I'm praying at the same time, going, God, what do you want me to do here? Like, I don't want to yell back. I the first, my first reaction is to just go, "That's not true." I want, but sometimes a, a husband or a wife needs to work out whether they want to be right or whether they <laughs> whether they want to resolve the situation.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and so for so me,
1: the, the the resolution was I could be as right as I liked, but all my wife really wanted for me to go, "It's going to be okay," and for us to just lay on the couch and, you know, we ended up watching a couple of episodes of a Netflix show and don't, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. It wasn't life changing in any way. <laughs> it wasn't a very good <laughs> show, <laughs> but that, but that moment of um, emotional intimacy that, that, that Jude and I shared last night after her rough day, we're both frustrated about the house. I could respond in frustration at probably I have every right to, to be frustrated as well, but for, for, for a partnership to, to work, you know, You've got to work out what what does the other person need, and how can I how can I bring that to the table? <laughs>
0: yeah, um, yeah,
1: and not not sure. not not both parties are always going to get that right. Obviously, when we're when we're firing on all cylinders, um, both parties get that right, and that can be a really beautiful and awesome thing. But sometimes we're human, and not both of us are doing that at the same time. So, the only way we get to a point where we find resolution, whether in our marriages or with our kids or in our church or in our community group or even in our professional life is one person has to decide, okay, well, how do I bring to the table what is needed for us to find resolution uh, and do that? And honestly, when you learn how to do that, and I'm not great at it, last night I probably nailed it. I feel a bit
0: proud. <laughs> on you.
1: Um, but, uh, but if you can learn how to do that well, then your mental health, improves and also the Mm. mental health of those around you improve people want to be around you when you can be good at that
0: yeah it takes a lot of strength and maturity and even time to learn to do that um it's it's interesting watching my daughter practice (laughs) yeah (laughs) practice 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 my like watching my daughter and and my son-in-law and watching them interact and remembering back to when i'd been married for you know a couple of years and what that was like in comparison and and sometimes i think you know what i just got to be patient with them They're they're still learning and practicing and um you know my wife and i've been at it for a long time um certainly we we have our moments and uh, often she's the one that brings resolution but uh it does take time and practice um yeah it's a long time i think i uh <laughs> i think we froze there oh there we go i think we did yeah, yeah i think yeah. we're back
1: now it's all good we're, my it keeps flashing up saying my internet connection is unstable i'm trying not to take offense i do think i'm a little bit unstable but <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's the internet connection it might be me, me not
1: the internet connection it could just be me <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: that happens the the joys of technology It's lovely when it works but it can be uh challenging when it uh doesn't cooperate like we'd like it to yep yep so yeah i've, I've uh I've watched you, you know, I mean, well, I shouldn't say watch you. I do things come up in, in social media feeds and things that, um, you know, and and I, uh, you know, follow your, your, um, counselor page and that, and I've watched you interact with people online and I've always been impressed with, with how well you do that because those things can, you know, um, start circling the drain, so to speak, pretty quick when they're online. Oh yeah. Um, and I, I, Do you find it uh, difficult to balance like personal interaction and social media interaction and well, and you're in the media as well. I mean, like, um, yeah, larger media too. Yeah.
1: The short answer is yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, I do. I, I am getting better at it. Um, but it is quite difficult to separate, um, personal from professional sometimes. And and managing um, boundaries. When, when I'm talking to new mm. counsellors, I, I and and there's uh, in eight years there's been new counsellors that have come in, uh, and they will sometimes come to me and hey, what do how do you deal with this? How do you deal with that? And um, you know, setting clear boundaries of what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do is really important. Um, you know, trust is important. You know, um. Some people in 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 a public office or in public life, some people who say um, that you, they're your friends actually aren't, mm. <laughs> uh, and sometimes um, people who have been your friends have circumstances come up where you know their personal interests and they leverage your friendship for their personal interests, and uh, you know it's important to be pragmatic about that um you know mm-hmm. uh, i've got no i'm under no illusions about my place in the world i mean reality is i'm i'm a baby politician you know i'm not i'm a local government politician it's well, so i fix potholes and p- pick up bins you know <laughs> um <laughs> don't get me wrong we do a lot of other great stuff it's really important for both yeah. the social development and economic development of our, of our great city mm. um but, but it's important to have a, have a sense of relativity about um what what I do so i don't know in order to, to establish balance on social media in particular i try to um not not take anything personal firstly mm-hmm. um i establish very clear boundaries for conduct so if someone um if someone you know says something untrue about my family i'm very quick to block that uh mm, yeah. and um, I just block it, and then I don't see it anymore. They might keep doing it, but I don't see it, so that kind of makes it okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you can't change anyone else. Sometimes people have got it. We we had a we had an issue a little while back where someone came online on my Facebook page, and they started saying that I was corrupt. And it wasn't just any sort of corrupt. It was like, you know, conspiracy theory connected to a one world order you know lefty politics crazy connected to the (laughs) un taking over the world type and it was really it was troubling it was troubling and i I felt for the person because the, the the person was actually from the christian community and they were quite sure that i um sure that i was part of some sort of coordinated effort to undermine um Christian values in community which is entirely the opposite of my view mm. but
0: yeah but that was really hard and, get and that. so
1: yeah yeah well, <laughs> I mean I I undermined that very quickly by saying okay mate look I'm not going to argue with you but if you keep down this track I, I can I can only deny what you're saying so many times and eventually it's going to come to a point where I block you and I did and the mm. person didn't let up so they went on my wife's Facebook page, her business Facebook page, and started saying that she was on the take uh, wow. because she had a, a wonderful opportunity earlier this year to, to speak at the United Nations headquarters in New York uh,
0: mm.
1: on social impact films and uh, how they can promote inclusion and great community outcomes. And he was quite sure that he wanted to take her down as well, and then we had to block that. So. You know, to me, that idea of setting a boundary, saying, well, those sort of, that sort of conduct isn't okay. And if you take down, if you, you know, and it got to a point where I, I found a person who knew that person and said, you need to ask that person very politely um, to, to don't talk to Councillor Tozer anymore <laughs> or his family <laughs> and stay away. Otherwise, we need to take other steps. Um, and, you know, that, that, that's, that's a difficult circumstance. Mm. Uh, most people aren't, aren't as uh, troubling as that um mm-hmm. but that that ha- that is a, that can be a problem when people get very passionate about what they feel about w- what i've found in social media is that most people it's a bit it's a bit like a pub a bit like a, a, a an establishment that serves alcohol um you know after people have had a few drinks and uh <laughs> they're sitting around the bar they tend to get a little bit um a little bit talky oh <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, yeah
1: and the, the inhibitions lower and they start being a bit you know maybe they're not quite being their true selves or maybe they are being their true selves and, and sharing things about themselves or sharing things about their opinions sharing their fears sharing their hopes sharing their deepest darkest secrets things and it, it's not always um, you know the pub at about 11 12 o'clock at night isn't always it's it's quite a, it can be a bit of a rowdy place because everyone's kind of a bit loose <laughs> mm, yeah. and um, that's a little bit like social media imagine you know, everyone kind of drinking in their own homes and then getting together for a bit of shenanigans. You cannot ever be sure.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, you don't really know, do you? It's like, okay, is yeah, this person yeah. serious so or me- just being a troll? I don't know.
1: Yeah. But, but, but if you're in the pub and you are of sound mind, mm. um, you can tell when someone's drunk. <laughs> mm. You can tell when someone's for sure not, not looking right. And how you deal with that is you don't you don't get in an altercation with them. You kind of walk away or Mm. you say, hey mate, you've had a bit much to drink. Um, How about you just chill out for a bit? And that works best when you have a few mates around you who trust you. And that on social media, that's how I operate. I I have a community of people on social media who kind of, uh, of sound mind and have similar community values to my own. And there, there are times where I don't have to fight a battle because there's a, there's a group of people who see the community the way I see it and love the community the way I love it. And they're quite willing to step in. But most importantly, that stepping in doesn't involve escalating the conflict. That, mm-hmm. that stepping in involves de-escalating the conflict. Um, and, it's a bit like the the situation that I talked about with with Judy last night in my marriage, you know, we can be right, or we can move towards um, resolving or there's nothing wrong with waiting. We don't have to solve all the problems tonight.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Back before I was social media.
1: uh,
0: Yeah. Back before I was a, uh, well, long time before I was a pastor, I used to work as a bouncer. In a, uh, in, a, in, a, in a pub called Whiskey Jacks. It had the swing and saloon doors and everything. And it was a pretty rough place. But yeah, it, w- it was really a matter of um, you don't um, want to try to prove you're right. So sometimes you just, you got to work towards that resolution um, and involving yeah. different people. That it, Yeah, it really does work. It's very similar. That's a good analogy between the pub well, and probably, social media.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you just got to work out how to get people home safe. <laughs>
0: yeah, there you go. How to get them home safe. You, <laughs> you know, How do it, I get uh,
1: people home safe? So there's a person, let's say there's a person on social media who's given me a bit of curry. You know, the first thing I can think of is like, I can try and teach them a lesson or I can say, how do I get you home safe? Mate? You, you, <laughs> you aren't really talking right. How do I get you home safe? So I think yeah. when you start having that idea in your head about social media, how do I get you home safe? Um, mm. you, you know, I think that's a, that's a good thing to do. I don't imagine being a bouncer is that much different from being a pastor, right?
0: It depends. It depends. Um, some days there's a lot of similarities, but, uh, (laughs) goodness uh, gracious. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah, that's a funny job is I've got a ton of good stories about it, but, uh, yeah it, it social media is an interesting thing um it's something that i think and talk about a lot because it's not like it's a sideline thing now it's 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 mainstream life um i've personally i've kind of taken on an attitude where um i use it more just to disseminate information and i don't really interact a lot on there but that's just me and i mean we've got a great team of people here um at Henderson that, that handle all of that stuff that put out just, just great content and they do a beautiful job of it. And, and I'm really thankful for them. But yeah, I'd, I'd have to say personally, I'm still sorting it out and in, in, in trying to figure out how to, how to interact and be social because I mean, talking about, you know, social, social interaction and culture interaction and uh, social media is, is its own, Uh, arena i mean it really is a big part of people's lives and um there are those you know you remember we talked you mentioned there at the beginning how you hit the like button and things like that you get a little shot of dopamine and um i'm i'm still i'm still cautiously optimistic about it i guess i don't know um i'm just unsure of it as, as a as a whole thing i mean obviously i use it i'm on it um and and i'm not you know too hung up about it but yeah, it's just an interesting thing, social media.
1: There's definitely, um, there's definitely a strong case for everything in moderation. Mm, you know, y- for sure. You you, know, you don't need an oversupply of dopamine. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I um, you know, I'm on social media a lot, and mm. uh, you know, in 2021, I, I'd like to be on social media a little bit less. It is difficult with my job because so much of my job is driven by social media. But there's definitely times when I get, um. I get caught up down the, down the rabbit hole, man, the, you know, the Instagram rabbit hole or the LinkedIn rabbit hole or the Facebook rabbit hole or the Twitter, the the Twitter rabbit hole, you know, all of those platforms are helpful for different parts of my work life. Mm. Um, But they're not, you, you, you have to distill and work out that for an optimum life, you have limited resources deployed to your sense of purpose and so how much let's say you have limited resources and i'm allocating those resources to be involved in social media that's that's good but how much of my resources are being drawn from that which should be deployed to the purpose that god's put in my life or you know my marriage or you know i think my marriage is something that god's purpose for my life um and that's something that, that 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 equation happens every single day and we are most well, we are most healthy when the limited resources that we have in a given day and in our bodies are deployed towards um, positive, um, healthy activities. Um, Whether that's exercise or whether that's great relationships with our family and friends or whether that's eating well or whether that's resting whether that's work. I mean, God created work. Work is a good thing. When, we're, when we're working in our purpose, there's a good thing. Um, but there's definitely times when we're deploying our resources, our limited resource, our scarce resources into activities that aren't productive or functional. And it's at those times we need to say, okay, so you know what? That's an area for efficiency. We can make things better there. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we can make our lives better. We can improve our quality of life if we don't deploy resources where they're not needed.
0: Yeah, it is it, it it's easy. I mean, I don't know. I, I didn't live a long time ago, but it seems like today we are very, very, really, really busy. And there's a lot of opportunity to be busy. And like you say, we've only got so many resources within ourselves to use. And we sometimes we do get to a point where we we're just empty. And I think if we if we keep pushing when we get to that spot, we can actually do damage to ourselves. And, and hurt ourselves and we do need to sometimes be able to say okay that's enough I've got to stop I've got to rest um, and I know a guy like yourself where you you are involved in so many things and interact with so many different people do you do you ever find a, yourself in a place where you're like okay I've got to got to stop and take a break here for a little bit I was just talking about being being busy and I I don't know like I said I didn't live a long time ago but um, it, it seems like we're so busy today and with social media and stuff. And I think, um, you know, what do we do with all our time before we didn't have mobile phones and stuff like that. But sometimes if we, we empty ourselves out to a point and we keep pushing beyond that, we can actually, um, hurt ourselves. Um, oh, absolutely. do you, do you ever get to a point where you're like, okay, I've, I've got to, I've, 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 I've got to rest a little bit. I've, I've, I've spent myself and I've got to take a break
1: yeah yeah i I probably share a little different view in that um you know i think i think there's always been pressures uh, of life for thousands and thousands and thousands of years Mm. you know humans have pushed themselves to the limit you know i I remember my my great grandfather was in a war like i can't even Mm. imagine what that would have been like for stress yeah you you know and you think you know you read stories in the bible where you know the you know, God's chosen people spent forty years in the desert. I mean, that's not relaxing, man. There <laughs> they're straining and stressing every day. Yeah. Um sure. you know, so so I don't think stress or strain or anxiety or worry is anything new.
0: Mm. Um yeah. yeah, the Bible talks a lot think, about those things actually. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, but I think there's always been an antidote. You
0: mm-hmm. know, and
1: that, that antidote is is rest. You know, and even even Jesus, you know, talks about, you know you know, I, I can carry your burdens for a while. Let me carry your burdens for a while. And I think that, you know, that's not just because he's a nice guy. Mm. <laughs> you know, this is the creator of the universe going, Hey, look, I appreciate this world is a stressful and difficult place. I, I didn't put you there, you know, I didn't put you there on earth to to relax, man. I got a place to relax. I got a place mm. to relax. It's coming later. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah. Right right now I'm trying to I'm trying to turn the heat up to refine you, to to strengthen you, to to build character in you, to um to, to test you. i mm. I've created this world to 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 draw out of you the, the best of you and so you can understand what is truly you. Um and then you know what part of that is important it's important to realize your limitations, realize when you need to recharge and when you need to rest. So, uh, you know, whilst I think, whilst I think today uh, and this life is busy and we, we fill, you know, our life with lots of things that, that are not restful.
0: Mm, and I yeah, think it's maybe. important to, yeah, along with like, like what I said before, like, yeah.
1: yeah, realize that you have a limited resource that everything you have Every, everything you have, whether your time, your energy, your money, your family, your resources, it's limited. You do not have unlimited resources. You have a limit of your resources and your job, uh, your job in life, whether you believe in God or not, you have limited resources.
0: <laughs> mm, yeah, uh, yeah, there's you're, no change you're, in that, your, is it? Pur- a-
1: yeah, yeah. Your, your purpose in life is to deploy those resources uh, in a way that, uh, that, that, that has the optimum outcome. And that for some people that optimum outcome is their own optimum outcome. You know, it's Mm. for themselves. But Mm -hmm. I think the best possible outcome, the best outcome that promotes the most personal wellness is then when we have a collectivist and a community interest in the way that we deploy those resources. When we Mm. because we do we feel really good when we're generous. We we feel really good when we're compassionate, when we forgive. There is a sense of amazing relief when we let go of the things that we're holding on to so tightly. You know that it's really good for our mental well-being when we learn to do that. And,
0: um, yeah, I know. I, I that's I have, all part. That's all part of rest, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know. Well, me personally, I know. I always feel so much more fulfilled and so much more, well, so much better when I'm doing like actual pastoral care type work than when I'm just, you know. Busy administrative type things; those things are important, of course. But um, you know, it's just, it just feels better when you're working and helping with people and helping people. Um, yeah, and I think along the lines awesome. of uh, along the lines of like stress and anxiety and things like that. I think we probably, like you say, we've we've always had that. I think I think we just have a lot of distractions, maybe compared to the past, right. maybe. Maybe that's more what I'm getting at there is just distractions. There's so many things that can keep us from just, you know, being still and and knowing that he's God kind of thinking. Um,
1: Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you, if you buy into the whole, uh, you know, what the Bible talks about what's happening in the world. And if you buy into this idea that there is um, a loving God who cares for us and created a world uh, who that is created for us, you know if if i wanted to undermine that what would i do i'd 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 distract creation let's say there is a subversive entity that is trying to steal from us something that is precious and Mm. let's say that exists you know let's say both of us agree that that exists yeah you know if i wanted to steal that i would make people afraid i'd want them to worry and be anxious i wanted with
0: for uh for each other oh yeah I, I i lost you getting there for a little bit glenn sorry about that ah,
1: that was that was gold chris that was awesome <laughs> I, I know it was, I, I was, was like Man, that was
0: this is going so good <laughs> but the, yeah there's that distraction again huh? yeah. yeah anyway that uh no that's that's yeah i agree there's if you can distract people from what's important and you know um we we can get so tied up with things that don't really matter. It's easy to do that.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, if you if you do believe in, like I said, that that subversive, if you believe that the world's created for us to enjoy, and you do believe that there's some sort of subversive entity that it's working against us, uh, you know, if I was that subversive entity, I would be saying, focus people on themselves, mm, focus people yeah. on serving serving themselves. You know, because if all of the joy and love and all the good things come from God, let's get people not thinking about that. Let's get them thinking about themselves, where all the mm-hmm. drama comes from.
0: Yeah, <laughs> can I, yeah I know. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm the least happy when I'm focused on myself, for sure. Um, yeah, you know, I probably our, find that
1: so much of our so much of our negative emotions, the you know, the the pride and anger and self righteousness come from or are driven by, you know, self-interest.
0: Mm, and, yeah.
1: and, and that's, sure. yeah, that's a problem. You know, that, that's something that we can work on. We, we don't have to be, you know, we don't have to be like that. Mm. <laughs> even, even people, even the people we love who are not people of faith, people who aren't Christians or whatever, the people we love the most are those that are focused on others, that are focused on a collective well-being. And
0: yeah, whether there's, that's it. That, that, that's yeah, we for like. sure. There's, there's things in the Bible. And I, th- I think there's, there's a, a contextual application for a lot of things. And then there's also like, well, you take, speak the truth in love, for instance, from the book of Ephesians. And in that context, he's talking about, you know, preaching the gospel, but at the same time, you can take that principle of speaking the truth in love and you can apply that in your life and it works. And there's so many mm. principles in the Bible like that that are they're contextual and there's a specific context, but there's also you can apply that in the way you interact with people, even absolutely. You know, if if uh, I, people who may not have share the same faith, it's, it still works.
1: Absolutely, and I think there's also for every verse that we might say things like, "Speak the truth in love," or you know, whatever. There's a way we can frame those verses that are driven not by the love of Christ, but by our self-interest mm-hmm. and that's where we we need to this is where accountability and community come in come hand in hand and 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 get around us and bring better outcomes is when we you know I have a group of mates and obviously my wife who are really strong at if i say something that is that might sound good but is actually not embedded in this idea of loving others truly that they're quick to go glenn hey look just you've got a healthy ego, just back right off that <laughs> and, and have another think about it. Um, and I think that actually plays to the verse that talks about, you know, we're called to love God with our mind. Yes, we're called to love God with our heart and, you know, with our soul, but, but, but with our mind, we're, we're called to him. Think carefully about how we love. Think about it. Don't just spout off a verse and speak the truth in love, even though that can be really good when it's coming from the right place but don't, don't twist, try not to twist words around such that we're, you know, misrepresenting their meeting out of self-interest or pride. That's really, that's, it's important to be thinking about how we can be better and more accountable to that.
0: Yeah. That's a, it's a good way to look at, look at scripture. It's, um, I try to try to look at it as a mirror, look into it. You know, Mm -hmm. what, what, what do I see in myself? How, how can this change me rather than using it like, uh, uh, A cricket bat to swing around at folks. You know, it's yeah, it's
1: good. Or a baseball bat, cricket bat. Or, yep. I mean, I suppose you're from uh, Idaho, is that right, Boise? Idaho, that, yeah,
0: yeah, Boise, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Baseball bat, all right. If you're from Australia, cricket bat. I suppose you've been in Australia for long enough now. I'd have to talk about cricket.
0: Yeah, yeah. So see, it'll be twelve years in March. So maybe a little while. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm glad to be here right now. I got to say that.
1: Um, oh man, I tell you, I actually don't know how. Uh, I, there's definitely some people in the US right now who are going through some difficult times. You know, with without wanting to pick a political side, um, you know, the, the the conversation is very divided, and mm. that that division, that division, um, yeah, that that you know, there is one person or one entity in the world who's in charge of division you know, dividing the sheep from the goats and we're not at that stage yet. It's not our <laughs> job to do that. You know, no,
0: no. Our,
1: our job is to love. Our job is not to divide the sheep and the goats. It's very clear in the Bible who gets to do that. It's not me. Yeah, <laughs> it's not you. Same thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, there is, you know, the Bible is pretty clear when it talks about the sheep and the goats and who gets to do it. It's not me. So <laughs> let, let's just be very clear about what we're called to do. It's love our neighbor as ourselves.
0: Yeah, For sure. Hey, look, Glenn. I, I know that uh, um, you're busy and you've got things to do and all that, and maybe um, as we kind of look towards wrapping things up, um, what uh, does how is uh, planning for 2021 looking for the community and as far as events and things like that go? are you guys able to start thinking that direction? I mean, I know you're probably really on top of it. But, um, How's yeah the yeah
1: virus? so so at the moment we you know i think events are still going to have some social distancing provisions around them and some contact tracing provisions around them i, I don't think mm-hmm. the virus is going anywhere in a hurry and i think uh, one of the things that we'll see out of um a new future is that people will become much more um aware of their personal health and if people are sick they'll stay home i mean australia has a bit of a workaholic mentality Uh, Can you hear me now?
0: Oh, there we go. I got you now. There we go. Okay,
1: yeah. So I I think events will start again in maybe March or April.
0: Okay.
1: Um, Towards and I think we'll, you know, I think just now the the, kind of the pubs are starting open, the dancing is starting again. Um, So you'll see a few more community events then i mean the the work of local government is so much more than just events you know we we Mm. we have a lot of we've got some pretty major projects that are going on right now we're doing um a technology project at the showgrounds where we're connecting high um some optical fiber some some digital fiber to the to the showgrounds to get some better wi-fi down there and 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 help them with some of their 20-year plan um activities. We've, we've bought all the land south of Mudrabah, so there's a 54 hectare site and the council has bought uh, the entire 54 hectares um, to expand the sports precinct there, which is really exciting. Um, mm. So that where the netball courts are and the rugby league fields are, we've, we've bought all the area between there and the M1 and there's going to be some open space parkland and we've got a, a project going on now to, to deal with that. We've got a bunch of projects going on right now with a number of local schools in trying to encourage young people to be more involved in active travel, which is uh, walking to school and riding to school and skateboarding to school, doing things that don't involve cars and that's to try and reduce traffic congestion. There's a good environmental outcome and also a good health outcome with that. Mm. Uh, and we've got a little project up in Lower Beachmont where we're designing a little community center up there, uh, which oh, is cool. which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. So Lower Lower Beach One is probably my only village that doesn't have a hall or a community centre of sorts. So you know that it's been long overdue, and we've started that design process now. So we're looking um, at that as well. Um, on top of all that, my office is moving to Firth Park, so we're moving over to that sports precinct. We're going to take um, some of the top floor up there, and it looks like we'll have a uh, a library kiosk in there with a with a lounge and some other things, which is pretty exciting. So we're moving out yeah. of a, a commercial rental tenancy right in the heart of village, but we're moving into the, the heart of the sports precinct. So there's lots of projects on, not all of them are events, but there's lots of things that we're going mm. uh, and doing to try to, to, to continue to build the community and, and, and do the best that we can to serve people. Um, yeah. Sounds yeah, like you're very that's busy. Bit of an update. There you go. Hopefully that <laughs> yeah. helps out. There
0: you go. Cool, cool. Um, if somebody's wanting to be involved in the community, and they call your office up and say, Hey, you know, I'd like to do something, be involved, help out somewhere. Um, what, what do you guys uh, say to them?
1: Um, a couple of things. Firstly, I try and find out what they're interested in. The best yeah. way to help the community is find something that you're passionate about and mm-hmm. get involved in that. Um, so I had the guys from the light Horse museum, uh, in today, and they're a bunch of ex veterans and, you know, Vietnam vets and, World War II vets, and um, you know, they're, they're, and they're light horsemen. So they're, they're, some of them are into horsemanship, but some of them are teachers and historians, and they're a bit—they're lacking volunteers. So. Yeah, they just came in today and said hey look if anyone wants to come and be the secretary down at the mudra Lighthouse museum we'd love to have some help there uh, if you're interested in military history there's always you know both the museum down at the lighthouse museum and also the the hinterland heritage museums looking for people i know that each of our sporting groups you know often that one of the best ways that you can help um our communities by getting involved in your local sporting team whether it's the the spartans junior afl club or the, the Benogan Valley Bulls Cricket Club, or the Mudgeeraba Redbacks Rugby League Club, or the Mudgeeraba Little Athletics—we've we've got this great um, culture of active and healthy families. We have about nine or ten primary schools in our in our division, so. Um, There's lots of young families who like to keep active. So there's always room um, for volunteers there. And I suppose the last place um, is those community interest groups. So the Lions Club of Mitra are a great organization to get involved with, Um, you know, there are other recreational interest groups like the Gold Coast Tech Space or the Gold Coast Woodturners. So if anyone comes in here, normally I say is what are you interested in? Here's a selection of community groups that you might, Love to be a part of, but the first step is to choose to participate in something that you 're passionate about mm. um, what What I generally discourage, which sounds a bit crazy is d- don 't try and reinvent the wheel if you really <laughs> want to start your own group, then please do do that but 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 often the people who want to start their own groups, unless there is really a gap in the market and there isn 't a group that exists. It's sometimes a bit more about their ego than it is about the actual community service side of things. So uh, um, yeah. there are so many local churches, local community groups, local sporting groups you can participate in that exist already. and I, I always encourage people to, you know, find a way to participate. And um, while community leadership can be a thankless job, it's a precious and important job for our local area. So if you've got people in your uh, congregation that want to help out, obviously we, we'd love their help but the best way they can help is find something they love, something they're passionate about and participate in a local community group and just, you know, bring their love of people and, and their love of um, their neighborhood into those groups.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, Galena, I really, really appreciate you taking the time, man. It's been good chatting with you. Good to catch up. And uh, yeah, we'll have to do it again soon. Um, Anytime, and, man.
1: I love it. And and we'll try, I'll try and get a, a more reliable internet connection next time.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a funny thing, isn't it? Even, even sometimes like we've got great internet at home and, and every once in a while it just goes on the fritz. I don't know. Um, it'll be beautiful and then it'll just go pear-shaped. But what do you do? I'm,
1: I'm working on it. I'm working on mm-hmm. running better digital fiber across Madri We'll see how we go. That's another project <laughs> for me.
0: There you go. Cool. Uh, and people who, who are interested in following you, you've got uh, a counselor for division nine Facebook page, right?
1: Uh, I do. Yeah. Facebook.com forward slash Glenn on the GC, uh, or on Twitter, Glenn on the GC and Instagram's the same. Um, if you just type my name into most search engines, you'll probably find a bunch of news articles about different things that I've done. But if you, if you jump on Facebook and just type my name in, you'll, you'll find me on there and I'd, you know, I'd love to connect. if you, If you, are you there There oh there we go go. we're back i was like come on internet
0: we're almost all this
1: gold that's right all this gold oh no it's killing me anyway i'm sure you'll be able to edit it all out um what a blessing i hope interland Baptists, have an amazing christmas and a a wonderful 2021 And, and i can't wait to uh hear more about what you guys are up to uh in in the coming year
0: Awesome, Glenn. I appreciate it. Oh, one more thing. Um, people, uh, like I just got your email the other or your uh, newsletter and read that. Where yeah. where might people go to sign up for your newsletter if they'd like to do that?
1: So you can sign up from the new, to the newsletter on my Facebook page, or you can do it on uh, my website, or you can do it uh, on the City of Gold Coast website. So if you type Glenn Tozer, City of Gold Coast. And you jump on the City of Gold Coast website on my profile page, you can subscribe to the newsletter there. It's an official correspondence about some of the things that are going on in uh, our local area.
0: Awesome. Well, man, uh, yeah, like right. I said, good, good chatting to you. Thanks for taking the time, Glenn. I really appreciate it. A pleasure, mate. Take care. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you later. Have a good one. Thanks so much for listening in today. You can find out more at hinderlandbaptist.com. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. A special thanks goes out to our team of volunteers who makes this podcast possible. I hope you found it helpful, and I will be praying for your health and well-being. Have a great day.